You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. There was a five-year-old little girl, and like many children her age, she was playful and innocent without a care in the world. And she spent most of her days singing and dancing to the song of her heart. And she imagined that one day she would make the difference in the lives of others. And like many little girls, she longed for the day that she would love and be loved by her knight in shining armor. Then one summer day, when she was staying with a trusted family member that she loved, she was abused. And during that abuse, he would ask her, do you love me? She would say yes, and then he would say, then you won't tell anybody. Now, as the abuse continued over the following months, and she would try to protest by saying no, her abuser would say, very manipulatively, then you don't love me. You know, this created a distorted script in this little girl's mind at a very young age about what love was, and how it was shown. Now, at a couple of years later, this little girl's parents divorced. And when they did, she tried to comprehend what was going on in her nine-year-old brain because from one day to the next, she went from daddy's little girl to where's my daddy? And as she was trying to comprehend this, she did everything that she could within her power to bring him back. She thought, well, maybe if I was just a little bit prettier, he'd want to come and see me. So she'd put on her prettiest dresses and put bows in her hair, but still he didn't return. And then she thought, well, maybe if I, you know, cleaned up a little bit more around the house, he would want to come back home. So she'd clean her room and do her chores and was on her best behavior but still he didn't return. And then one day she gave up and she succumbed to the fact that she had been abandoned. The script in her head was written and it had been solidified. She was not lovable. Now this script began directing how she behaved. You know, you and I, we all live according to a script. And whether we realize it or not, there is a narrative in each of our minds that dictates how we behave and how we view the world. Now, this narrative, this script is shaped by our experiences. When your ex left you high and dry, your script said, you are not good enough to be loved. When your well-intending parent, who only wanted you to succeed, overly pressured you just a little bit too much, your script said, nothing that I can do will ever be good enough and I will never amount to anything. Maybe your past church experience created a narrative in your mind that the religious community is judgmental and condemning. Maybe a selfish coworker, acting out of their own distorted script, stabbed you in the back, and you began to say, I have to do everything myself, and I can trust no one. 
Perhaps someone called you ugly, fat, or stupid, and those words became an integral part of the narrative in your head. Maybe your dad didn't come home and your script says you're not worth it. Or just maybe you were forced to do something that you didn't want to do. And to this very day, that script is telling you that it is all your fault. But here is the problem. Psychologists tell us that the script in our head will dictate how we behave. Our scripts shape the trajectory of our story, and we try to rewrite the scripts in our minds to make sense of our own stories. This is human wiring. You and I, we all do it. And so many of us are not living out a story that we are proud of, and we see there is no way that we can possibly fix it. So we turn to pick-me-ups. We've got retail therapy, hours of online gaming, junk food, alcohol, drugs, promiscuity, and pornography. Ladies, this means 50 Shades of Grey and Magic Mike live in Vegas. These are all temporary outlets that will not fix anything, but will cause our lives to spiral out of control. So the question is, then what should we do about it? How can the distorted scripts in our minds be rewritten so we can live a better story? Well, there was a woman in the Bible named Esther, and she had to answer this very question. So let's take a look at her story. Okay. So Esther was this young uh, Jewish woman living in the Persian Empire. And this, during this time, the Jews were treated as second-class citizens. And they lived in this uh, slavery under the iron fist ruling of King Xerxes and his wife, Queen Vashti. Well, one day, after they had this huge party and the king had one too many Jack and Cokes, he ordered for the queen to come and dance in front of all of his partygoers while only wearing her crown. That means naked. Well, she said no, and she refused. And when she did, the king was furious, outraged, and he had his wife banished. Some scholars say that he had her executed. Well, this is where Esther enters into the story because of course the king needs to have himself a sexy new hot young queen. So he ordered for a beauty pageant to be held across all of the land. And Esther was one of those selected. And for the next year, Esther went through beauty treatments and pampering and all kinds of different preparations for her first date with the king in his sleeping quarters. Okay, can we take a time out here? Ladies, can I get anybody to feel me on this? Okay, so I remember when I was young and single and I was gonna go on a date with somebody that like I really was into. I have to admit, I did go a little overboard on some of the self-pampering. You know, it wasn't just the shower, the shave, the tweezing, the waxing, the blow drying, the flat ironing. But I'd do a little mani, I'd do a petty, I'd probably go and do a little shopping, and I'd even splurge on those high heels that would torture my toes all night long. But I look good. And that whole process would take about an hour and a half. 
Esther had a year's worth of pampering. I mean, that's crazy, right? Well, the beauty treatments paid off, and Esther won the beauty pageant. So she was immediately whisked away from a life of poverty to a palace of luxury. Now, most would say that this is the fairy tale that little girls dream of. I mean, like what girl doesn't wanna be swept off her feet and go and live in the castle and get beauty treatments and pampering and have servants and jewels? I mean, Esther is like the biblical version of Cinderella. But I wonder what script was playing in her head. I mean, was this a fairy tale to her? Or could her script have possibly been distorted? Well, the scripture gives us some insight. And it all, it all starts when she was a young girl. So as a child, both of Esther's parents passed away. And that's an important part of her script was beginning to be written. So she began to live with her uncle in poverty. And I'm guessing that that script could have said she will not see her way out of that or amount to very much. She was a female in a male-dominated world, and I'm guessing that script could have told her that she could not think for herself. Up until that time, she was single, and she didn't have the cultural status of being married with children, which was what women's worth was wrapped up in. Her first date with the king had the pressure of an X-rated performance. And after becoming queen, Esther walked on eggshells daily, waiting for her husband to rage and banish her like he did his ex. I think it's kind of easy to see that Esther's script could have been seriously distorted. And what was true for her then is true for us today we all have to deal with the script in our head. And just like us, the distorted script in her head dictated how she behaved. And when the plot escalated, Esther's script threatened the existence of an entire Jewish nation. So here's what happened. So King Xerxes, his right-hand man, tricked him into issuing an order to annihilate all the Jews. He put an order out there to kill all of them. And knowing only she had the king's ear as queen, Esther's uncle that raised her, pleaded desperately with her to use her royal influence to save her people. But listen to how Esther responded. This is Esther 4.11. Everyone knows that for any man or woman who comes to the king to the inner court who is not summoned, he has but one law, that he be put to death unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. Esther was saying, don't you see? The king holds all the power. I have no power. I cannot even be in his presence without his permission. And he has not asked to see me for 30 days. I cannot even look at him, let alone contest this decree that he has put in without being put to death. There is no way I can possibly make a difference. You know, you and I, we do this all the time. This distorted script in her head was dictating how she behaved. But when we do this, it sounds a little bit more like 
but I'm not smart enough. Who would ever listen to my ideas? I'm just a woman living in a man's world. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I do not have the skills necessary. No one could ever love me. If you only knew the things that I've done, you would know that God could never forgive me. Friends, this almost seems impossible. I mean, how can we possibly live a better story when our distorted scripts are limiting us? Well, Esther's uncle gives her a little bit of perspective, and this is how he replied to her. Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all of the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. In other words, he said, look, I understand how you think about yourself. I understand that you have lived a difficult story and that your life is not the fairy tale that you dreamed that it would be. And it is not playing out how you fantasized about it. But Esther, you have got to flip the script and act or else innocent people will die. Now, folks, pay attention to this because, I mean, this is huge. This is personally my favorite part about all of this. When we observe the Old Testament scriptures and the original language that it was written in, in the Hebrew language, we gain a few nuggets critical to understanding how to flip the distorted scripts in our head. The phrase from which we translate, you have not attained, derives from the Hebrew word nauga. Now, this is not Spanish, it's not nauga, okay? <laughs> This is Hebrew, it's nauga, okay. So when we observe that, there's this word picture that goes with that. And what it is, is that it means to be touched or to be tapped on the shoulder. Esther's uncle implied that literally God, the creator of the universe had reached out and tapped Esther on the shoulder for such a time as this to not only rewrite the lines of her life, but to change the world. He wanted her to change her perspective on her circumstances, to see that while her life was not the fairy tale that she wanted it to be, that she was a part of a larger narrative. Esther was a part of a bigger script. It was God's script. Esther's uncle understood that we can flip the script when we act on the tap. We can flip the script when we act on the tap. Okay, so what exactly does that mean? I mean, literally, practically, like how do we flip the script and act on the tap? Well, let's see how Esther did it. After her uncle pleaded with her, this is how she replied. I will go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Friends, to act on the tap means to choose God. To act on the tap means to understand that the pain in your story can be redeemed. To act on the tap means to let God rewrite the distorted script because it's a part of his grander narrative. 
For Esther, acting on the tap meant seeking God's purpose for her life. It meant that trusting that he was in total control as she went and approached her psychopath king. She risked her life to save others. And when Esther chose God, it worked. She flipped the script. The king listened to Esther, and he rescinded his decree to kill, of the, Jew, to kill the Jews. And as a result of Esther flipping the distorted script in her head, she saved the Jewish nation that birthed Jesus, the Messiah. You know, all around us, marriages are falling apart and children in our communities are being abandoned and abused. Folks are in financial disarray. There's a whole bunch of people that are hurting and depressed. And there's a whole bunch of little girls and boys that do not feel loved. And if you and I do not act on the tap, innocent people that we love will continue to perish. So I have a question for you. Have you considered that God has tapped you on the shoulder for such a time as this? Maybe you were abused as a child. Is it possible that God has been tapping you on the shoulder to prevent other children from enduring the same thing? We flip the script when we act on the tap. Maybe you succumbed to temptation and committed an affair. Is it possible that God has been tapping you on the shoulder to help other couples so they don't endure the same hardship or to find hope in healing? We flip the script when we act on the tap. Maybe God is tapping you on the shoulder wanting to write, rewrite what depression has done to your life or what addiction has done to your life. Or maybe God wants to use your pain from an abortion, a miscarriage, or the tragic loss of a loved one to help others find comfort. We flip the script when we act on the tap. But some of you, we're struggling. We're struggling to flip our script, and I get it, it is hard. It is an all-out fight. But I want you to know that there is a God who loves you, and He is relentlessly tapping each and every one of you on the shoulder begging you to let him rewrite the lines of your life. So do you remember that distorted script, that little girl that had the distorted script that I was telling you about earlier? Well, she grew from a young girl to a young woman, and as she did, she was in and out of relationships, not fully knowing what her self-worth was, and that robbed her of the ability to genuinely love and be loved. Everything that she did was acting out of fear and abandonment. And the perpetual cycle of disappointment and abandonment over and over again just kept on reinforcing this distorted script in her head. She made a series of bad choices and turned to all kinds of outlets and chemicals and things to try to numb the pain. But one day after being invited to City Church, she hesitantly agreed to come and it was here in these very seats that she heard about a God who loved her unconditionally. Through the inspiration and teaching of weekend services and meeting God in these very seats through worship, 
attending recovery, and digging into the Bible, it was the scriptures and the truth that began to rewrite her script, and she felt the tap. And I know because this distorted script belonged to me. I stand before you today not with the distorted script of an abandoned and abused little girl, but as a woman who has been redeemed. You see, I had to flip the script in my head that said, I'm not good enough, that I'm not worth it, that love costs something, and that I cannot possibly be loved, and that God, with everything that I have done, could no way possible forgive me, let alone use me but I am good enough. I am worth dying for, and God's love doesn't cost anything. I am forgiven, and I am being tapped on the shoulder. That's the new script. And it was not easy. It was an all-out fight. I had to fight the distorted script with the truth. This past year, I left the life as an executive at a Fortune 250 company to come and serve you as a pastor for such a time as this. I mean, a friggin' pastor. (laughs) Really? Only God could do that. It wasn't... Yes. It wasn't until I flipped the script that I could act on the tap. And friends, I want you to know that you have the exact same script written for each and every single one of you. And God is relentlessly tapping each and every one of you every day on the shoulder. God literally died to give you a new script. So friends, right now, let's fight. And I mean fight to to flip the script. But this time, let's let God be the author. Pray with me, please. Father, I want to thank you for everybody in this room today. And Father, you know better than everybody else, that anybody else, of the distorted scripts that are in our heads. And Father, right now, I want to pray for anybody who has a script of abandonment. I want you to replace that with you will never leave us or forsake us. And Father, for those in here with a fatherless script, replace that right now with you are the child of the Most High King. And Father, for those of us in this room who have a script that tell us that we are invisible, Father, replace that right now with you see us and you love us so much, you know how many hairs are on our head. 
And Father, there are people all around this room who are feeling your tap, but they are telling themselves that they cannot possibly do it or that they are not made for it. And Father, right now, replace that script with you, my precious child, are fearfully and wonderfully made in my image, knit together perfectly in your mother's womb. And Father, anybody right now who has a script that's telling them that they are worthless, Father, right now replace that with child you are worth dying for. Father, flip the scripts in our head so that we can act on your tap. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.